last time we, t- we were together, we saw what it is to be loved by God and also loved as a friend. Two different levels of love that God has toward people. Let me ask you, which level are you at? Everybody's loved by God, but not everybody is loved as a friend. We noted those two kinds of love. One of them is the Greek word agape love. We find it in John 3.16, where God so loved the world. He agape loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would never perish but have everlasting life. That agape love is a general love that goes out to the whole world. It's an unconditional love. But then the next level up is phileo love. And Jesus said to his disciples, I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Friendship love. It's a more intimate, a more personal type of love. We're in a little series entitled My Life in Christ. And the main focus of my life in Christ is love. Because you see, love is the Christian motivation. It motivates us. And why is it the motivation? Because it's also the divine motivation. That's why it all begins with God. Love begins with God, and it comes from God. As a matter of fact, we love because he first loved us, right? Isn't that what John said? We noted that, so God loves all people, but he loves his friends more so. The object is to get to the friendship level of love. And how do you do that? Well, Abraham believed God, and God considered him his friend. So it's faith. God loves all people, but he calls people his friends that have faith. Faith in him and in his son. That's the importance of the cross. We noted the cross as the symbol of God's love. It's not your circumstances. It's the cross. And today now that we understand how much God loves us, I want us to understand our love toward God. I, I think, I think the more we know how much God loves us, the more we're able to love Him back. And as I search the scriptures, I find our love is demonstrated to God in three ways. In our situations or our circumstances, in our relationships, and in duty. And that just about makes up our life, doesn't it? Don't you think those are the three categories of life? Circumstances, relationships, 
and duty. So we're going to see today, loving God is practical as well as spiritual and emotional. Oh yeah, it's all three. So let's take them one by one. Loving God in our situations or loving God in our circumstances. Now, the circumstances of the Christian, they're not much different from those of those that don't know God or those that are far from God. We all live in a world that is fallen and filled with imperfect people. So, imperfect people do imperfect things. (laughs) That's what makes up the world we live in. Therefore, everyone experiences loneliness, fear, worry, insecurity, sickness, and death. We all do. And we try so hard to overcome all of these things. And you turn on the TV, and we're bombarded by commercials that promise us companionship. Do this thing, buy this thing, eat this thing, you'll have companionship. Or you'll have relief. Or you'll have confidence or health. But these solutions, they're misleading. And at best, disappointing. So think about it. What is the antidote to the adverse circumstances of life? It begins with knowledge. That's the antidote. And the Bible tells us in Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes all things to work together to good to those who, here it comes, love God to those who give love back to God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So these circumstances of life, they're intended to, here it comes, conform us to the image of his son. And when Paul said, and we know, the word know is the word ido, I-D-O, and it means to be aware of something, that every follower of Christ should be aware of this principle. And what is the principle? That God causes all things to work together for good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now it says all things working together. We have a tendency to isolate the all things into individual things. But no, it doesn't mean each individual thing is good. But it means when all things are combined together and you love God through them all, then it becomes good. Think of it like this. When all the ingredients are mixed together of a cake, you have a good tasting cake. Now, individually, these ingredients, they're not that great, right? What are the ingredients that go into a cake? You might have all-purpose flour, raw eggs, powdered sugar, shortening, baking powder, baker's chocolate. Individually, yuck. These things taste nasty. But when you mix them together and you put them in the oven, magic happens and out comes good. So our circumstances individually, 
may not be that appetizing, but God works them all together for good. And here is the key to those who love God, to those who keep on loving God, to those who love God back the way he loves you, to those who are called according to his purpose. And by the way, what's this love? It's agape love. Unconditional love. It means when God loved the whole world that he sent his only begotten son, he loved us all unconditionally. We love God back unconditionally. No strength. We don't love God because he did this or he did that. We love him unconditionally. So you love God in your situations the same way he loves you. Okay? That's number one. Secondly, we love God in our relationships with one another. You know, John said in that little epistle, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, uh-oh, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has seen. So think about that. You you can say you love God, but if you hate your brother, you're lying. You're lying. You have to love your brother in order to demonstrate love toward God. You know why? Because God loves your brother. That's why. So if you hate your brother, that's a strong word, to persecute your brother, to chase your brother. It even means to love less, okay? You don't love him like you should. Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wait a minute, isn't that a contradiction? No, he doesn't mean to hate them. He means to love Christ more. See, based on the fact that we are to love all people, now we love Christ more than all people. Love is the Christian dynamic. That's what we have to remember. Why? Because love comes from God. God is the originator of love. Love is the motivator of God. And therefore, we take that love And we love God with that love by loving people. That's the key. And maybe Jesus was making a point here with the early Jews because they weren't loving the Gentiles that were coming into the Christian church. And Jesus wants them to say, listen, if you're going to love me, you got to love them. If you're going to love God, you got to love people. He told his disciples that he had sheep of another fold. That means it's not just for the Jews. That Christ died for the sins of the what? Whole world. Everybody. God's love is so great that there's enough of it for every person in the world. So what he's done here, he keeps the Christian way of life very practical. It's not just spiritual, 
but it's practical. And superficiality is not, is not allowed. Not if you're going to exhibit love toward God. See, that's what we're talking about today. Last time, it was all about how much God loves us. He loves all people unconditionally, and he loves his followers like a friend. So if, if we're going to love him back, we have to love him unconditionally in our circumstances, and we have to love people as well. That's how we love God, by loving people. The third aspect of loving God includes duty. You know that you have a responsibility as a Christian? The Christian life is not just, oh, I can do whatever I want. The Christian life is not, well, you know, it's all grace. No, there is a duty, there is a responsibility that comes with salvation. In 1 John 5, verse 3, John said, this is the love of God. In other words, this is how we love God, that we keep his commandments. That's how. And his commandments are not burdensome. John is saying, they're not weighty. They don't hold us down. As a matter of fact, the things that Jesus commanded, you know what they do? They set us free. Oh, yeah. There's freedom and doing what Christ asks us to do. So it's not that the commands themselves are easy, even though they are, but they can, they can challenge our flesh. But the reality is, because of the new birth and we're born of God, we're enabled by the Holy Spirit to obey, and we want to obey because we love God. See, obedience is part of love. That's the key. Adam Clark said, No man is burdened with the duties which his own love imposes. In other words, when you love someone, it's not a burden to do for them, to serve them. Love makes the task so much easier. Remember that song, He Ain't Heavy. He's my brother. I love that song. That song is based on uh, uh, a young boy that's hurt, that's lame. And his older brother is carrying him because he can't walk. And a man comes alongside and says, that must be a heavy burden for you there, young man. And he said, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. See, love makes labor light. And what a beautiful picture we have of this in Genesis 29 and verse 20. Remember the story of Jacob and Leah and Rachel? Where Jacob served Laban for seven years in order to get Rachel. And he gave him Leah instead, her older sister. And he had to work seven more years to get Rachel. So the Bible says that Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. Love makes labor light. And that's why the commands of Christ, we carry them out because we love him so much. Loving God is not burdensome. 
And it begins with letting God love you. And maybe that's why so many people shy away from the commands of God. They shy away from His Word. They reject the Bible. Why? Because they haven't let God love them. Have you let God love you? How much have you let Him love you? Have you let Him fill your heart with divine love? Have you let Him cover you with His love? Saturate you with His love? Are you drowning in the love of God? Because that's where it begins. And don't think God doesn't want to do that. He does. But you have to let Him. You have to let God love you. And the truth is, God does love you. And you might say you love Him. But what does it look like when you love Him? You love Him in your relationships with others by loving people. That's how we love God. By loving people. You know why? All people are made in the image of God. And Christ died for all people. He didn't die for some. He didn't die for most. He didn't die for certain ones. Christ died for the sins of what? The whole world. He's a propitiation for our sins, not ours only, but for those of the whole world. Whoever believes may be saved. So Jesus paid for every sin that was ever committed. That's the love of God. There's no question that God loves us. Again, where do you look? At the cross. You don't look at your situation. You look at the cross. That's the demonstration of God's divine love. So we love God back. Because I'm filled with his love, I can now love others. Are you loving others with the love of God? Secondly, are you loving God with the duty, the responsibility that you owe Him? It's found in His Word. His Word, yes, it's got commands. But you know what? We welcome those commands because they do two things. Number one, they set us free. And number two, it's our demonstration of our love back toward him. That's what the commands are. Jesus said, you know what? You are my friends if you do the things that I command you. Oh, now we're back to phileo love, that personal friendship love. That's the key. You know, you can say, yes, I'm saved, and maybe you are. But can you say that you're a friend of God? You're a friend of God when you do the things that he commands you. And when we rebel against those commands, we're no friend of God. Saved? Possibly. Friend of God? Uh, Highly unlikely. Because how can two walk together, Amos said, unless they're in agreement? So if you're going to walk with Christ, you've got to be in agreement with him. Our lives have to line up with his word. Okay? 
So think about it. That's the duty that we have. And then thirdly, God will combine all of the events of your life and turn them into good if and when you keep on loving him. You gotta keep on love. See, you gotta love him through all that. You've gotta love him through your loneliness. You gotta love him through your weariness. You gotta love him through your struggles and through your trials and through your losses. Yes. Life is hard. But if you can find yourself loving God through every one of those by looking at the cross, he will take all of those circumstances and mix them together in his divine mixing bowl and put them in the divine oven and it will come out good. It will come out good. Only God can take all of the circumstances of life and turn them into good. But the condition, we have to keep loving Him. And how do I keep loving Him? I look at the cross. The cross is the central figure of, I, I, I would say the universe, I would say all creation. It's the cross of Christ. And we sing about it, don't we? The mighty cross, love lifted high, lead me to the cross. We never want to lose sight of the cross of Christ. We never want to lose sight of what Jesus did on Calvary. Don't be, um, what's the word, obsessed with the events of your life at the neglect of the cross. The cross must reign supreme in your life. That's what keeps bringing you back to the love of God. Without that cross, I'll tell you what, you can doubt God's love. You can doubt it. You can look at your life. You can look at your circumstances and say, I don't think God loves me because of the way I feel, because of the way things look, because of what's happening to me. That's why we can't turn from the cross. It's always going to be in your sights because that's the evidence of God's love. There's no doubting the love of God when you see Jesus on that cross atoning for your sins, wiping your slate clean, making it possible for you to be totally forgiven by God and have a home in heaven. That's what that cross does. Oh, it's a mighty cross. Greater than any circumstances we can find ourselves in. So now we know something. Now we know God loves us with everything he's got. And I can love him back with everything I've got. And my life can be free. My life can be secure. My life can be embraced by the one who created me and then died for me. That I can have that kind of security in spite of what situation I find myself in. And there are people that have gone before us, the martyrs of the Christian faith. And they died 
holding on to the love of God, and also knowing God's love was holding on to them. That's the power of divine love. Without God, there is no love. There's no love. But with Him, there's a perfect love. Oh, James, what did you say? Perfect love casts out. No, Paul said that. Paul said that to Timothy. Perfect love casts out fear. When you, perfect love is God's love. And when you know that you stand in God's love, fear is gone. There is no fear. That's why we need to really learn about God's life. Like we said in the beginning, and we have come to know this love. Do you know that love? Have you been, have you been educated in the love of God? Maybe we know, we, I think we need more sermons on the depth of God's love for people. He loves all people one way, enough to save them, and he loves all of his followers, his disciples, enough to comfort them and to be with them and to carry them through. Wow, the depth of the love of God. Nothing can separate us, Paul said, from the love of God. God, which is in Christ Jesus. We need to believe it. We need to apply it. We need to live in it. We need to be consumed by the fact and never forget how much God loves you. God's love. You can't get away from it. Don't try. It's there for you. You can hear this message again, the Hope Club podcast. That's why we have a podcast, so people can keep listening over and over and over again. Next time, we're going to talk about loving each other in community. What does that look like? Hey, a community of people that love each other? We keep raising it to a higher level each time, higher and higher. That's the beauty of the Christian way of life. That's why you don't want to miss it. Stay with me. Join me next time. Go to the Hope Club podcast. Let's really get grounded in the depth of God's love.